This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. In the previous khutbah, I spoke to you about some of the uh, opposites of speaking straightforward and some of the ways in which we don't realize that we're not engaged in what Allah calls al-qawl as-sadid. You know, uh, Allah says, Be conscious of Allah and speak in a straightforward manner. This week I want to uh, emphasize what does this word, this phrase mean that Allah Azza wa uses qawlan sadida, a word that is straightforward. And I want to start with something very basic and work my way up. The basics I want to start with is the power of words themselves. Allah Azza wa made the human being unique. Uh, all creation has a language. Allah even says, وَإِمَّن شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ وَلَكِنْ لَا تَفْقَهُنَ تَسْبِيحَهُمْ there is not a single creation except it's also declaring Allah's perfection in some way, in its own language. However, you cannot understand how it's declaring Allah's perfection. A rock, a tree, every atom, every subatomic particle is engaged in the praise of Allah and declaring Allah's perfection in its own way, in its own language. And actually, um, birds, trees, inanimate objects, all of them have a language, and which is why all of this creation will become witness on the Day of Judgment. Even things that we don't think have a language, like our body parts, you know, they're going to be speaking out and testifying. And they're going to say, Antaqana alladhi antaqa kulla shay. The one who gave all things the ability to speak has today given us the ability to speak. So that's the first place I want to start with. All things have language. But human beings were given a special ability to produce language. We're more capable, we're more sophisticated in how we use words and how we can communicate ideas and advance ideas. And the power of words, actually I would argue, there's nothing more powerful that human beings are capable of than words. As a matter of fact, there's nothing more powerful. And the most, power, the most evident indication of that is that Allah Himself decided to guide humanity through words. At the end of the day, the Qur'an essentially is Kalamullah, as he describes it himself in Surah At-Tawbah. It is the speech of Allah, it is words. And so, human beings, this, this great gift that Allah taught us, when he said, عَلَّمَ Quran in Surah Al-Rahman, they said, عَلَّمَهُ al-bayan." before that. عَلَّمَ Quran, خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانِ عَلَّمَهُ al-bayan." He taught the human being the ability to speak. So our words are actually a very powerful gift that Allah gave us. And using, when we open our mouth and say something, we have to appreciate that this gift was not given to other creation the way it was given to us. And this is the gift because of which we are able to communicate with Allah and Allah communicates with us through this gift. That revelation would mean nothing if we didn't have the power of language. So when you have been given, and I have been given a very expensive, I would even argue a priceless gift, then the way we use it has to be exquisite. We have to be extra careful about how we use this gift because we value it. On a side note, I just want to say something that's not related to this khutbah, and that is that all languages, English, Arabic, French, German, Punjabi, Bengali, you, you name it, whatever, whatever language, Bahasa, whatever language you speak, all of them are children of the language taught to Adam salam. All of them. And all languages, Adam salam did not know language on his own, it was revealed to him. That was revealed to him. You know what that means? That all languages are a revealed gift of Allah. All of them. So making fun of somebody's language and making fun of how somebody speaks 
or making some fun of, you know, fun of cultures because they have different language than us, is actually making fun of something Allah Himself revealed. It's sacred. You know, some people have in their head that Arabic is sacred, but you know, Punjabi. But you know what? All languages. Allah says, "Allamahu al-bayan." Allah, the, the same one who tell, said He taught the Quran, is the same one who said He taught speech. Same verb is used. Allah is the teacher of the Quran. Allah is the teacher of all speech. All speech. So get this concept out of your head. There's such a thing as the language of the kuffar, or the language of the non-Muslims, or the language of jahil. No, 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 no. All languages from Allah. And we have to have respect for all languages. And that's, a, that's a side note that I wanted to bring up. But regardless, now we, we come to the idea of al-qawl as-sadid. And I wanted to go through this, this loaded term, the word sadda in Arabic. Uh, as, as far as a material term is concerned, the first implication of it is ighlaqul khalal. It means to fill in a gap or a crack. When something like, you know, old walls, in, back in the day, now we have sheetrock, so in America at least, it doesn't show as much, but when you have stone walls or concrete walls over time, some, there's some holes, and you have to fill them and patch them up. That patch is actually a sad in Arabic, or sadad in Arabic, to, to fill up a gap. Now what does that mean for speech? What the, the first implication of that is sometimes when somebody speaks to you, they cause damage, just like the damage on a wall. Right? Somebody says something hurtful to you, somebody says something ignorant, Somebody, sometimes people say something ignorant about you, or they say something ignorant about what they don't know, or they speak as though they know, but they don't really know. And some of the most interesting is when people speak on behalf of Allah's deen, and say, you know what, that's haram. Where did you, where did you learn that's haram? Where did you, oh, you know what, this one makes things up about Islam. Makes what up? You, do you have the knowledge to say that before you make a claim about someone? Do you have the knowledge to say something is halal or haram before we open, your, open our mouth? Now when you hear an ignorance like that, our first impulse is to put people in their place and to just shut them down. But you know, if you respond to ignorance with anger, or you respond to ignorance by you know, a, a reaction, an, you know, an upset reaction, or you, you know, what we call put someone in their place, Right, that's ignorant, you have no knowledge, what are you talking about, this is, you know, you're ridiculous, etc. When you have these kinds of responses, well, when you offend someone, because you're offended, when you offend someone back, do you think they're going to just hear that and say, oh, I didn't realize I was being ignorant, thank you for humbling me, now I'm just going to sit down and be quiet. That's not what's going to happen. They hear you respond in an aggressive fashion, and what happens? They say, you know what, I'm going to take the next step, and now I'm going to become even more aggressive. I'm going to take, because you know, pride kicks in. Pride kicks in, you just attacked me. You just criticized me. And the human nature is to not accept criticism. It's to actually defend yourself. Whether it's physically defend yourself, but even verbally defend yourself. Then right or wrong exits from the conversation. All you want to do now is put someone else in their place. So now they say something even more obscene and more offensive. Now as you hear that, you get more upset, and the crack gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But if we understand that we have to have the taqwa of Allah, the cautious awareness of Allah, when engaged in conversation with someone who causes a crack, who says something ignorant, who says something outrageous, we have to learn the process of saying, what am I going to say that covers this gap, and there's not going to be a back and forth that makes this crack worse. You have to have, you have to, and you know the people you have an argument with are not people you never met. These are people you've known your whole life. These are friends, family, co-workers that you deal with all the time. You know how they speak. And for many of you, you've had the same exact argument 20, 30, 40 times. Man, every time I go and talk to my mom, this happens. 
Every time I talk to my dad, we end up like this. Every time I talk to her, this happens. Every time I talk to my friend, this happens. He always says this. Well, if he always says this, and you always respond in the same way, and it always goes the same wrong way, but you don't understand what Sadeed means then. Maybe you need to think ahead and say, I've already gone down this road before, and I know where it leads. Maybe I need to be smarter now and say something or not say something. Avoid saying some things or say things in a way that will close this door. That won't, you know, that will not perpetuate further. And that's something you really have to become thoughtful about. Think about language is, you know, of all the muscles that we have in our body, the eyes and the tongue are actually very easily used. You don't have to actually exercise, you don't get tired of using your eyes. You just open them and they work. Hands can get tired, legs can get tired, your back can get tired, but the tongue can move very quickly. The eyes can move very quickly. So we get trigger happy and we just, whatever comes in our mouth just leaves immediately. An ancient poet once said that he wished that his neck was one mile long. What a strange thing to say, I wish my neck was one mile long. And he was asked, why do you say that? And he said, well, because my gut tells me I should say something. And when those thoughts travel from my gut through my neck, maybe I should have time to think, no, no, put it back down, that shouldn't come out of my mouth. So I'm hoping it's a mile long, you know. So, anadam ala sukut khayrun min anadam ala kalam. Like being, uh, being embarrassed or regretting that you said something is worse. Regretting that you didn't say something is better. You know? So, al-qawla sadid, first of all, should I say something? Should I not say something? And what I say, is it going to escalate and make things worse instead of making things better? And with your experience, you already know which kinds of words or phrases or tone or suggestion did not go well. So maybe it's time to experiment with a different direction. Say something other than what you said before. Say something that won't cause damage. Maybe undo damage. I'll give you an example. There was one time, a long time ago, there was a, an elder that I looked up to in a masjid that I shall not name because he'll know, he's watching. So I used to look up to him, very, very nice fellow. And everybody who met him in the masjid was just, just gets soft around him. He just got this very loving personality. And one time we're in the masjid and two of the elders in the masjid had a fight with each other. Arguing, yelling, screaming at the top of their lungs after maghrib prayer. And the elder that I respect and love is also witness to this conversation. And usually what he used to say is, he would come in, he would say, Salam, how are you? How's your family? For every person he met, he would be discourteous. And I was a, one of the regular musallin at that masjid and I noticed that when after that he would still say Salam to me the same way. But those two other fellows, he would come and just say salam to them, but not more conversation than that. He wouldn't have longer conversation with them. And they felt it. And so one of them, one time we were leaving the masjid, and one of them said, you know, you used to ask me how I'm doing, we used to talk, you don't talk to me like that anymore. And he said, well, I saw you lose your temper. And I felt that, you know, if, if I don't want to be a reason that one day you lose your temper towards me, and then that sin is on you in the house of Allah. And if you lose your temper towards me, and I feel bad towards you, then the angels will record that too, as something against you. So, I care for you, which is why I speak less to you now. That's what he says to him. He doesn't say to him, you know, you're so ignorant. The way you fought that guy, I don't want to talk to you. Why would, I, why would anybody want to talk to you? He actually made it something about his care for him. He doesn't want him to become a worse sinner. He doesn't want him to have a record against him. He doesn't want him to have himself to have a bad feeling towards the person who lost their temper. And that brother who lost his temper, who people were afraid to talk to him because he loses his temper, stood there crying his eyes out. Crying his eyes out. And the next thing he did is he apologized to the one he fought with. 
That's what he did. All of that because of just al-qawla sadid Just knowing, having the wisdom of what to say and how to say it. How to engage. This is a very powerful, very difficult quality. Because once again, we are programmed, whatever comes in your head just comes out. Just immediately impulse reaction, right? And this is actually one of the meanings of the word jahala. Aqal in Arabic is to tie up. And jahal is to let loose. Whatever comes goes. Okay? This is why وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا Surah Al-Furqan When the ignorant address them, ignorant doesn't just mean ignorance, it also means impulsive. You had the impulse to say something and you just said it. Stop, think. You know, think. How am I going? Don't just throw grenades with your words. Don't just throw grenades. Have targeted, direct, impactful speech. Exact words. And if you can't think of saying something, it's better to stay quiet. That's the first implication, إِغْلَاقُ الْخَلَلِ the second is Radmuthalm. They say when there is a you know uh, when there is a crack already there and you're trying to fill it up and, and fix it. What that means is when you meet someone who's broken, when you meet someone who's hurt, when you meet someone who's angry, when you meet someone who's upset, not because of you, because of some other reason. You have to have the insight and the sensitivity to use the kinds of words that will make them feel better, not make them feel worse. Not make them feel worse. I'll give you examples of each as I go because I want you to think in practical terms what this means. You know, you're at a funeral. Somebody passed away, there's a janazah. And the son, the parent passed away, the son is there, he's crying. And you come to him and you put, no, 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 don't cry. You have to have sabr. You just say these words. Now in your head, you said something really good. What did you say? You have to have sabr. That's a good thing to say. No, it isn't. Yaqub alayhi salam lost his child. Gone. Doesn't know if he's alive or dead. He's, you know, he's gone. And we don't know what happened to Yusuf Alayhi Did Yaqub Alayhi Salam cry? Yes. Did he cry for an hour? Two hours? A day? Two days? No. He cried for many, many years. He cried for many, many years. And his children would say, Tafta'ud tadhkuru Yusuf? Tallahi tafta'ud. You're gonna keep missing Yusuf? Get over it already. And this is the Prophet of Allah alayhi salam, Ya'qub alayhi salam. Allah, what, what words came out of his mouth that are recorded in the Qur'an? Fasabrun jameel. This is the Prophet of sabr. This is the Prophet of sabr. You know what that means? That means him crying doesn't mean he does not have sabr. But when you went to somebody's janazah, and they were crying, and you put your hand over their shoulder, and you said, hey, you should have sabr. They already feel terrible that they lost a parent. Now they feel terrible that they, lo- they don't have sabr. You made them feel even worse. And now they're feeling guilty for crying. Well, crying is a human emotion. Allah gave us that. Prophets weren't missing sabr because they shed tears. How are you making someone feel that? So sensitivity. Just understanding. What I say, is it going to make things better? Or is it going to make things worse? Is it going to hurt someone's feelings? There was a fellow I met at the masjid one time. After Jumu'ah, he came and said salam to me. Really nice to meet you. I've heard, I watched a lot of your videos. The first time I'm meeting you in the masjid. We hugged each other saying salam. This other fellow walks into the conversation. Assalamu alaikum, Salama. And this uh, fellow over here you just met? Yeah, he's a security guard at the airport. And I felt so terrible. I I knew why he's saying that. And even that fellow recognized it. He said, you know, why did you have to say that? Am I supposed to be embarrassed that I'm a security guard? You know? Just to, to be sensitive about what you're going to say. That, you know, no, but it's true, you are, right? You still have that job, right? You're not wearing your uniform today. You're just trying to make him feel low with these words. And then when somebody questions you, you say, no, 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 I just stated the fact. I mean, it's a good thing you have a job. Alhamdulillah, you have a job. Good for you. 
That wasn't your intention. That wasn't qawl sadid. Don't use sarcasm, hurtful words, sliding comments that you can get away with. Straightforward speech means speech that doesn't cause pain. Speech that doesn't mean, it's not used to belittle. It's not used to, as you know, in modern language, throw shade at someone. You know, to make, to make trolling comments towards someone. Even with, with body language, we need to avoid this. Then as-sadid, as-sud actually means al-jabal wal-hajiz. It's very interesting. It also means uh, a, a dam nowadays. As-sad is actually a dam that, that prevents two sides from, you know, the water from coming to the other side. Massive mountains are also called sud in the Arabic language. Uh, it's used in the Quran for when وَجَعَلْنَا مِنْ بَيْنِهِمْ بَيْنِ أَيْدِيهِمْ سَدًّا وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ سَدًّا in Surah Yaseen, right? Or ذُو الْقَرْنَيْنِ you know, فَجَعَلْ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَهُمْ سَدًّا the word sadd is used for a, a dam that cannot be penetrated a wall that cannot be penetrated and what that means in terms of speech is you have to say you know, this is some, described elsewhere in the Quran وَلَا تَقْفُوا مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٍ don't say something you don't have knowledge of you know how like people throw statistics out like they know what they're talking about yeah 90% of the people think this or you know 80% of the food we eat is blah 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 where'd you get this percentage? where'd you get that from? and somebody can rip your argument apart because you said something not based on knowledge or sometimes even within Islamic discussion somebody will come young, young man will come up to you you know Ustaz Naman all the Sahaba agreed this and I said all the Sahaba can you name 10 of them? how about, how about 8? How about that? You, they, and they agree? Where did they agree? Oh, it's obvious. Obvious where? In the books. Which books? Uh, I'll be back. <laughs> don't say things that you don't know about. Don't speak about matters you don't know about. When you have 20-something year olds coming and saying, by the way, this hadith is da'if. Really? What's the, where's the da'if? Who commented on its weakness? Do you know? Where this hadith come? No, I, I googled it. I heard it in a lecture. Then, why don't you just listen to a lecture and keep that to yourself until you know. Because when you say things that are half-baked, that are not fully well thought out, that are not concrete, then they will get, it'll create fitna in society. Speak words that are solidly known. If you know about something in an absolute way, then speak about it. If you don't, then silence is better. Or saying, I don't know is good. I don't know is good. People come to me after Juma all the time. I, you know, after Juma, typically I stay behind, take people's questions. Some person comes to me, what's your opinion on Islamic finance? I said, I don't have an opinion on Islamic finance. I said, no, no, no. So should I, should I do this or not? Should I make this investment or not? Should I buy this or not? You know, using this bank or not? And I say, I don't know. Why don't you know? Because I, I don't know. You can ask someone who knows. You don't know? What's the purpose? What's your... You give all these speeches? You don't know? Yep, I give all those speeches and I still don't know. I'm okay with that. I don't want to tell you something I don't know. I'm completely comfortable telling you I don't know. I'm happy with it. That's al-qawla sadid. That's and and al-qawla sadid also means the way you and I use inshallah, the incorrect way we use inshallah. Somebody says, "Hey, are you coming?" Inshallah. What does that mean? Um, if I feel like it, maybe. If not, maybe. So if I show up, then not in trouble. If I didn't, I didn't say yes. I said inshallah. I put it on God, not myself. You know, if Allah wills. That's not how that works. You know? So, if you're going to say yes to something, then it's a yes. If it's a no to something, then it's a no. And also from a listening point of view. There are sometimes, it's happened to me often, people say, we want you to visit our community. And sometimes I don't say yes. I say, I can't. Will you at least think about it? 
Yes, I'll think about it. Then they write an email, Ustad Numan promised he'll visit our community. <laughs> I promised? No, uh, well, you, you said yes. I was like, I didn't say yes. I said yes, I'll think about it. That's a lack of say hearing what you want to hear. Hearing what you want to hear. Speak clearly. Be direct, be clear in what your intentions are and what you're about to say and what you want the other person to hear. So there's no room for ambiguity. There's no room left for ambiguity. And so this is the third implication. And finally, Saddu Saham, um, when the, you know, arrows were really important back in the day because that's your primary weapon. And unlike a bullet, you have to fix the arrow. So you have to make sure that it's straight because if the arrow is even a little bit crooked, you're not going to hit your target. So the idea of fixing the arrow and making it perfectly straight and lean and clean and crisp, that's actually called saddu saham, to clean and to straighten out the arrow. So the idea of straight speech means clear, articulate speech. You know when something is straight, then you can tell where it began, you can tell where it ends. You can tell how long it is. But if you think of a knot or a piece of rope or cables nowadays, right? They're all jumbled together, you don't know where the beginning is, you don't know where. The end is, the idea is when Allah expects us to speak with Al-Qawla Sadeed, that we have to speak in very clear, logical, this is where we began, this is where we ended. Don't go all over the place. You know how often in, in court trials and testimony, people are asked to give testimony and they say, did you or did you not know about this? Well, when I was five years old, I, my grandmother used to say, that wasn't what you were asked. Did you, it's a yes or a no question. And they give you all kinds of... Oh, and the time's up for the testimony. Oh, you gotta go. This People using stories and jumbled speech to get around having to speak what actually has to be said. Politically correct answers. Maneuvering answers. That's the, that's the opposite of Al-Qawl al-Sadeed. Don't behind flowery words and big vocabulary to say what needs to be said. Is it, it's either a yes or a no. It's either true or it's false. So be clear in your logic and your speech. When people hear you speak, they should know what point was it. You know, how, how often does it happen? You talk to somebody, and after 10 minutes, you're like, so what are you talking about? Because you don't know where the conversation's going. Allah expects us to be clear and purposeful in, its conversa- in our conversation, which is why this is tied to the final meaning of the word. You know, amrun sadid qasid. Speech that has a purpose. That has a purpose. When we speak... We should have the purpose very clear in our mind. And that's easy to say, but it's very hard to think about. Sometimes the only purpose you have in speaking is to annoy someone. Sometimes the only purpose you have in speech is to to bother someone, or to make fun of someone, or to agitate someone, or to see how bad this gets, to start a fire. Maybe that's the only purpose you have in speech. Maybe you have no thought about why you're even opening your mouth. But when we have qawlun sadeed, then we're very clear every time we open our mouth, what good intention do we have? What good will this serve? We have to think ahead of our words, you know, and choose, you know, in another ayah that I explained in a, in a different khutbah, أَحْسَن Tell my servants, tell my slaves, they should say that which is better. So th- stop for a second. If you're about to respond or say something in your head, if I say this, this, this or this, well, the, which is the best choice? Which one should I choose to say that's going to, going to produce good? Which is going to have the best purpose met? What purpose will it meet? You know, this is the, 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 the essence of good speech. And inshallah ta'ala, now that I've, I've dedicated this khutbah just to defining what al-Qawl al-Sadeed means, I'm excited to cover in the next khutbah, what is the benefit of it? Like, you know, when we do good deeds, there are benefits in this life, and there are benefits in the next life. 
And a lot of times when you think of good deeds, you think of the benefits in the next life. Allah will reward us in the Akhirah. But this particular good deed, Al-Qawl al-Sadeed, based on, you know, straightforward speech, based on an awareness of Allah, it actually has benefits in this life in the Qur'an. Allah is telling us that this will actually give you a lot of benefits in this life. And that's what He's going to describe in the next coming phrase. And we're going to dedicate a khutbah just to that. What are the benefits of bringing this into our lives? And how are our lives going to become better as a result? Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim.